Welcome to the Life of Surrender podcast, where we will discuss following Christ in our daily life, as well as aligning our desires with His. Welcome back to another episode of Life of Surrender podcast. We are on episode 23, and I'm Crystal here with my husband, Peter. Hi. (laughs) And last episode, we kind of shot off the cuff, kind of what was on our hearts, and we're still kind of trying to decide... Where is our groove here with this podcast? Do we want to like get super in depth with notes or yeah, kind of shoot off the cuff? And I think tonight we're gonna we're not going off the cuff completely, but we are going to talk about a topic. <laughs> Peter's making a face. Yeah, like, ah, we're, we're kind of going off the cuff, but yeah, I mean, our our we have an outline, but it has like five words on it, so <laughs> not really. Um, but we we thought we could t- kind of find a balance of we want to talk about everyday life um, and not just like theology. We want to talk about the gospel and how it applies in everyday right. life. I mean, what good is theology if it doesn't apply to real life? So maybe we'll you know stray off the the pages of uh, what you might see in a in a college classroom or I don't know some Bible class and maybe see some practical. Uh, I don't know, struggles and journey of what Chris and I are going through in in our lives, which um, maybe um, relates with some of you, and, and maybe um, it doesn't. Maybe if you're beyond our stage, you can remember those days, and if uh, you, you're, you're newlywed and don't have kids yet, you're going to, uh, I don't know. Hopefully not be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Realize that, um, that God can use the situation you're in now to draw you closer to him, regardless of if it's going well and good, um, you, you can be drawn to him. And if it's, if it's tough, you can be drawn to him. God can use whatever you're going through to uh, draw you close to him. So I think the episode that the, what we're going to be talking about in this episode is car rides and how that applies to the gospel in our everyday life. Yeah. And I think recently car rides have been a struggle for us. I shouldn't say recently. I think with anything in parenthood, it's like ebbs and flows. Yeah. Sometimes it goes... Which one's an ebb? That's the bad one? Flow is good. Flow ebb is, is good. Bad. So I just feel like maybe we've had a few more ebbs than flows recently. In the car ride. Yeah. And when I say recent, yeah. I'm talking like the last two years. I don't know. Maybe like it just feels that way. Maybe it hasn't been a whole two years. Yeah, who knows? But I think um, my biggest frustration in the car is I think it's a tie between neediness, excessive neediness, and noise, like sound level, all being trapped in the same. Yeah. Yeah, for me, probably the combo, the needy noise. No, I don't. I mean, (laughs) it's like... um, when uh, when a kid drops that toy in the back uh, of the of the third row and you just can't reach it from the front, but they need it like right now, um, and they're just gonna let you know that they really need it right now until they either get it or you get to your destination. And I'll tell you that can be, whew, that can be a stretch. Well, I think we have these pictures in our head about how things are gonna go, and especially long car trips. I think. I don't know why I always assume that the kids are going to be quiet and not need me. Yeah, because we got a DVD player in there. We should just be able to pop in a movie <laughs> yeah. and they'll get along with each other, right? No. But I, th- I always.
always have that in my head. I always have it in my head that they're going to just sit quietly and I can yeah. talk to you or read a book or <laughs> and that have, does, I mean, have some free time. And I'd say, like, why do we think that? Because sometimes that does happen. Like, a couple of them fall asleep at the same time. or I mean, it, it happens well, where we can have a nice car ride. Every yeah, that's the ebbs like, and the flows. I mean, it yeah. has been really nice. But, yeah, to expect that. Right. Like, there's hope sometimes that we can have that. And then when we expect it and it doesn't happen, it makes it feel. So I think we can we can think back to our sin issues. Like, um, our sinful natures get us into a lot of trouble here on earth. But I think my expectations of the car ride, I think my problems with their noise level slash neediness comes back to my selfishness and my needing to repent of those things. Because it just, I think when my expectations aren't met, I think I get easily frustrated with them and it's right. not it's like i'm the mother and i'm the one who needs to deal with the situation instead of oh you guys just need to stop being so needy or like right. playing the victim card i think that's something that i need to repent of and <laughs> deal with the situation like they're still my children right i'm still in charge of them whether they're in the car or outside of the car so yeah just because we step foot in the car does not mean that i am like oh i don't need to do anything now for the next two hours or right yeah i think um i think that that hits me as well that um it it may be the children acting the most childish but if we were to look into the hearts i think my heart would be pretty similar to theirs is if they are um, screaming for what they want um, and they need it right now. Well, aren't isn't my heart kind of doing that same thing that I'm 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 in feeling entitled to what I want right now. I want peace and quiet and I want it now. Why? Because I deserve it. Because I'm me. I mean that that reveals um, uh, some self centeredness and, and maybe some self glorification that somehow I am I deserve this. I mean. What I what I really deserve is not is not what I want. It, it's a it's a consequence for sin. So I think putting myself in that proper um, spot is is a good realization as well. And I think maybe on top of all that, um, kind of looking from perspective, seeing that as um, as a father, um, I see the the sin of my children who are being self centered themselves, and and my response to it really ought to be. Um, forgiving as my Father in heaven has forgiven me. So I think to to try to put myself into that spot that I'm that complaining, screaming child who um, has rebelled against the commands of God, just maybe in a similar parallel to the children rebelling against me, is that he's forgiven me, um, and I can I can offer that same forgiveness to my children. And I think to show that to our children to model how to be forgiving and ask forgiveness. Cause I think there's definitely been times in the car where I'm acting just as childish as they are. I'm like, can't you just give me one minute? I can't yes. you like, um, <laughs> we need to be apologizing to our kids and showing them how to repent of those sins. Right. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't think you're ever off duty just because you step foot in a car. It doesn't mean... Right. And our ultimate goal is to teach our kids how to live in this world with the gospel message. 
Right. Our goal is to get these kids to serve Jesus with their lives, that he would be Lord of their lives. And we're not showing them how to make Jesus Lord of your life. And you're like, I need a minute. I need, yes. I need. I think that's when all of my sin issues come to a head is when I start saying, I deserve. I think yes. that's kind of a, a alarm should be going off in my head. Uh-oh, like I'm getting a little... And then we get frustrated with their self-centeredness, but then where do they pick that up from? Right. Is you know, like it's a learned. I don't know if self-centeredness is a learned behavior, I guess, but I think yeah. when we're not being good models, I think it definitely makes it worse. I believe humility is a learned behavior that we can model for our kids. I think that's something that it's it's not programmed into our sinful natures. That it's something that. That children and even us, it, it helps to have a model to see what that would look like to, to humble ourselves before God and, and apologize. And I think to have a parent do that um, in front of their kids or even apologize to their kids is is obviously going to be, be helpful for them. And I think we think, oh, I think in this world we just imagine, like I said, I get in a car and I imagine, oh, it's going to go so well. I'm going to have so much free time and... Right. You know, I think we imagine things from my perspective always, but um, I think I do that in the bigger scheme of things too. In the world, I think, oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna skate through this life so easily, and then when it doesn't happen, that's right. when my sin issues come out. Is when when the unexpected happens, or when I don't feel, and I think getting in a vehicle and expecting. Right. You know, our family is a family of five, five sinners to come together in one enclosed space. Yeah. And for it to go perfectly is... Now that sounds great. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just doesn't always happen that way. I think what you're trying to say is like, well, those situations where things aren't going perfect is a perfect opportunity to remind ourselves and our children what the gospel is, that we're, we're not in a perfect world. We're not perfect people and we need forgiveness. So I think rather than complaining or just saying how frustrating it is to be in the car <laughs> with a bunch of people or your family and screaming kids or crying kids or fighting kids or hungry kids, whatever can come up in a car ride. I think we could go on for hours of stories of what is frustrating for us in a car ride. But I think ultimately we want to model Jesus to our kids. We want like we said earlier, we want them to be followers of Jesus. Yeah. And what does that look like in their lives? And I think we've got an example here of um, Jesus when he maybe thinks he's going to get a break or yes. has this expectation. And how he responds and how what a better way for us to respond while we are in vehicles. Yeah, and in Matthew 14 we see... John the Baptist is beheaded, and uh, it picks up Matthew 14, verse 13. When Jesus heard about what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, I can imagine, I, I it's... Not the same thing as being in a car ride. Jesus was obviously having a, a much more um, grievous time. I mean, he was having a, a really hard time and he was having a hard day. But I think if I can try to compare that a little bit in, in the car, I think sometimes I, I'm 
um, consumed with my own feelings. And I think that I'm going to get away even with just my wife. And um, boy, he he didn't get his solitary quiet that he thought he was going to get. Instead, he was interrupted by crowds of people, not just three three kids in the back or, or more, um, crowds of people. And, and uh, his response, I think, is um, an example to us. It is. It's um, how our attitudes ought to be. When when he landed and saw the huge crowd, he had compassion on them. And even that evening, uh, when it was time to dismiss them, and the disciples said, let's send them home because we don't have any food, then that's when the, the feeding of the 5,000 came. Jesus said, no, let them stay. Let's feed them. Um, so so Jesus definitely had that compassion. He didn't look just to his own interests, but also the interests of others. And I think that compassion piece is what we want to have with our children. I think there's a lot of times where we can be angry at them or... I think it's easier for us to blame our sin issues on them and then be mad at them, but to look at them with compassion and to train them in the way that they should go, I think is um, remembering that we are responsible for their training and their upbringing. Um, One thing I have done and have been doing more consistently recently, but throughout my parenthood journey is kind of to sing a hymn or a song or something in my head when times are frustrating. And I think in the car recently, I've been singing, um, peace like a river. I've got peace like a river to myself. A couple times it's worked with the kids, but it it doesn't always calm them, but like upper 90% of the time, I feel like the change in my perspective and my attitude feeling like I've got peace like a river. And you know why I have peace like a river? Because Jesus lives in me and he's right here in this van and he is going to, he's sovereign over this situation, whatever it is. And he gives us his peace. And then when I feel that peace, then I can better resolve what, whatever is happening in the back seat. And dealing with mice and issues before that. So I think finding ways where we can turn our eyes upon Jesus to to just know that he is with us and remind ourselves of his sovereignty. In real life, difficulties happen frequently. Whether in car rides or elsewhere, these difficulties are the result of sin, either personal sin or the general sin of humanity. While it is easier to respond to these difficulties and frustration, it's better for us if we can take a step back and thank God for the situation, because it can serve as a reminder of our need for Him. God thrives in taking chaos and creating order, in using bad for good, and in using everyday situations to draw us to Him. Next time we're in a hectic car ride, let's remember the good news that Jesus conquered sin and delights in bringing peace to our souls.